Once upon a time, there were two nerdy guys who decided to go to a studio and record a podcast. Oh, stop, stop. This sounds scary. I don't want to hear the rest. All right, that's fine. And I won't tell you about the part where they decided to record a spooky episode. Ah! everyone, and welcome to a very spoopy episode of Region Unlocked, starring me, Cameron, and our wonderful co-host, Jake. Hello there, everyone. I'm here for this spoopy episode as well. That was a, a very good Dracula-sounding voice you just did. Well, you did the same, Cameron. I thought I'd kind of continue this awesome theme of spoopiness. Very spoopy. Today it is... What's today? Let me check my phone. It is September 18th, 2022. So uh, obviously not quite spooky time at this exact time, but as you hear it, it is. Yes, indeed. All right. So Jake, before we get into some spooky things, what have you been up to? Any good games or travels? Absolutely so. I've recently been back in Osaka teaching there for a while, and I have been enjoying that. I've been able to rekindle with some old friends and revisit the place that I used to live in. It's been really fun. Yeah? What kind of stuff have you mm-hmm. been doing? Uh, mostly just walking around the places that I used to live, <laughs> <Okay>. reminiscing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really had the time to uh, actually go out and explore the cool stuff yet, but um, it's it's been cool to just you know go back to the places that I used to and talk to the people that I uh, used to hang out with a lot. So it's been fun. That's been my travel situation. I know you're you're back in Tokyo at the moment and going back mm-hmm. to Osaka this week. How long are you staying there? I'll be in Osaka at least from what they tell me. I'll probably be there till the end of the month. Okay. Um. So maybe a couple more weeks. I'll, I'll squeeze in as much fun as I possibly can. Good. Game wise, I've been very close to uh, platinuming the uh, Last of Us remake, mm-hmm. which has been very fun. Good. And I. Uh, in prep for this episode, I've been playing RE Village again. Nice. Yes, very nice. Very spoopy. Yes, we will be talking about that game very soon, so stay tuned. And if you haven't played it yet, go play it. You know who you are. You're a Resident <laughs> Evil fan, and yet you haven't played this game? Go play this game. It's so good. It really is. But that's for next week. So this week, we're probably going to be talking about a more general approach, wouldn't you say? Yes, I would say that. Mm. What did you do this week, Cameron? Uh, I didn't play any games, but I did accomplish a very proud moment, and I can still talk about this because it's October. This is not an Oktoberfest. You're looking at the first inaugural Gugman House Steinlift Competition Champion. <laughs> Okay, you have to tell me about this. What is that? <laughs> so this is a common game played at like Oktoberfests where you get a, a full liter glass stein. Uh-huh. You have to just hold it straight out in front of your body as long as you can. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, like a little shoulder lift. So holding it straight out in front of you. And there was 13 of us. And you just go, who can hold it the longest straight out? I uh, did not think that I would win. I was very surprised. Uh, Lindsay did it with us and Jason. There ended up being 13 people total. Uh-huh. One by one, people kept dropping out and it got down to me and this one other guy. And I just had it set <laughs> in my head. I'm just like, I'm not losing to this guy. I cannot. For one, he doesn't look stronger than me, so I can't let that happen. I can't lose to a guy who looks weaker than me. And it was hard like you wouldn't think holding it's like probably when you're holding it by the handle Mm -hmm. straight out it's probably about five pounds that you're adding to the end of your arm and just you just start shaking and not just not just your hand that's holding it like my whole body was kind of spasming as i was holding that out but he was he was starting to like slosh it it was getting bad and then yep he went down and he's like oh man how much longer did i have to wait how, how close were you to dropping it? And I was just like, I was just waiting on him. 
I was I just it was in my head that I was not going to set it down until after him. So I don't know how much longer it could have gone. It was about four and a half minutes mm. that we held it out. Wow. And, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Uh, okay, now I got to ask you this. Are you still feeling the soreness from that? Because I don't think I could get half that time. <laughs> I, I do feel, I guess, a little bit on my right shoulder. Wow. But it was worth it, right? It, I mean, it was awesome. So yeah, I got I got to keep with the Stein. Okay. And it's nice. Awesome. Yeah, holds a liter. That is so much <laughs> liquid dude. on this kid-friendly podcast. It holds <laughs> any liquids you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You should just put that in your shelf just, just to display and tell friends about like, hey, that's my trophy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, um, man. So I got that in a $25 gift card, which basically just covered my tab for the day. Cool. And a koozie, which I don't really care about too much. But still, it's about the story. <laughs> and I was the first one to do it, which means there's a little more pressure because it's like, do I have to go back next year and try to defend it? Do I need yeah, to a... work out and prepare for it? I might need to. Mm, I guess so. It's a legacy to uphold now. Or I can just say I, I retire and I just support whoever comes after me. Yes, become the face of the competition instead. <laughs> I think that's a better idea. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, speaking of October and this wonderfully spooky time of year, today we're going to talk about not a game in particular, but a bunch of things. A bunch of our favorite parts of the, the spookiness of Halloween, of games, some movies, and some ghost stories, things like that. So, uh, I am a self-proclaimed Halloweeny in that I like the season, it's fun, but I don't like scary stuff. Not too much. Uh, while Jake, on the other hand, is a bit more into the spookiness. So, for the most part, he's going to be taking the lead here. Jake, where do we want to start? What do you want to talk about? Uh, that's a great question, Cameron. This is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Because as you just said, I absolutely love scary stuff. The genre of horror is uh, it's, its one of my favorites. I don't know why. Why? I, I don't know. Try, try, to, try to put it in words. Okay, it's kind of like an adrenaline rush, I guess. I get that. I've always liked scary stuff. It's always been kind of a thrill to, you know, watch scary movies and play scary games. And thusly, I've played a lot of scary games and I've watched a lot of scary movies. <laughs> so I I will echo that because it's like some some stuff I will watch and, and be okay with. My, my problem is like innocent people being slaughtered. I hate oh, that. Yeah. Just the the torturous, gory stuff. Like, no, like, who's that for? And if you really enjoy that, I think there's something really wrong with you. Yeah. But the the spooky stuff or more sci-fi, mm -hmm. I'm okay with. So, for example, like, It Chapter 1 is my favorite scary movie. Oh, nice. And that uh, gave me that exact same feeling of what you're saying, where it's just like that adrenaline, where it's it's like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, wow, I can't believe a movie made me feel this way. Yeah. But you walk away from it. It's like, okay, that was silly and not real. But the stuff that's like, oh, this is a serial killer. And like, yep, that's 100% real. And I hate the stuff that it's about how monstrous humans really are. Yeah. And I just, I can't do that. I can't watch that. Yeah. But more of the ghosty stuff or again, sci-fi, I can do. Mm. Totally understandable, man. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe because I don't like roller coasters myself, this is how I uh, <laughs> instead have, um, I guess, transferred all that energy. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of good horror out there, but unfortunately, it's really easy to get it wrong, too. Um, it's yeah. also a very careful art that you have to um, be very careful with as well. So, uh, today, I'm going to be talking mostly about my favorite scary games, why they're good, and I'm also going to give you all kind of a presentation about why, or I shouldn't say why, but how it's different, the horror genre is in Japan from the Western style, mm -hmm. because it's quite different for the most part. And I think those are differences that really need to be looked at and kind of appreciated because they're kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about that. Uh, but first off, before I start going into the differences between uh, Japanese horror and Western horror, 
Cameron, is there any kind of experiences that you already have right now with, I guess, Japanese style of horror or uh, any kind of uh, experiences in that genre? Just a little bit. I know it's very common for these Japanese horror movies to uh, <laughs> to not come over in their original state, which they probably should, but <laughs> to be remade mm-hmm. and be not as good. I don't watch them, but I know things like The Ring, The Grudge, uh, Shudder. Like, there's quite a few that are all just adapted, Americanized versions of these Japanese horror movies. And you can tell there's there's definitely just a a different aura to them, different style, mm-hmm. where I feel like it's a lot more like vindictive ghosts mm-hmm. in these. I don't know, more like revengey things like that, which I think is stealing something you're gonna say. So no, no, that's uh, that's it. That's true. <laughs> okay. No, that's absolutely true, man. Um, no, that, that's that's a very good observation because it's it's quite true. A lot of what is brought over to America uh, or Western countries from Japan is remade uh, to basically better suit a Western audience. So Mm -hmm. it's typically um, made up differently. It's made a little more dramatic. And if you've ever watched the original ring or the original grudge, you'll notice there's some significant differences. The original ones are very, very subtle in their presentation. More emphasis on like the uh, reactions of the people as opposed to gritty music and creepy uh, lighting effects, um, which is very typical, I'd say, of of Western-style horror. But as far as the basics go, video games and movies in Japan that are horror-based are fairly similar in their themes. Japanese horror tends to focus on uh, the psychological, um, mm-hmm. things that really kind of mess with your head, and suspense, and also yeah. primarily the supernatural. Uh, usually there is some kind of a supernatural force involved with uh, things that come from uh, Japanese-style horror. And ghosts are a very big focus here. Yeah. So, like you just said, vengeful ghosts. And that's that's a really big common theme and what people consider to be very scary in the world of Japanese horror. Do you think there's a, a reason for that? You know, I, I could probably give you my thoughts, but I, uh, I don't know how anecdotal they would be compared to fact, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, these ghosts are called yurei, Y-U-R-E-I. And mm-hmm. we're not talking about like ghostbuster type ghosts here. We're talking about human spirits. And these typically want a vengeance of some kind Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And uh, the really interesting thing, I I found this out and I had to share it. The kanji for yurei literally means dimmed soul. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, it is dark. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And another uh, common theme from these ghosts is when they appear, they very gradually kind of fade in. And then they just yeah. kind of disappear, like gradually as well. Huh. Like that's just, that, that's something you see. And again, another reason why they're creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so usually folk stories are the basis for a lot of these uh, stories that are involved. You see a lot of possession, a lot of vengeance, and just, you know, stuff that is not really good. Uh, so we have The Ring, right? Based on a movie called Ringu which is mm-hmm. the Japanese version. And then the original version of The Grudge is called Juon, which literally means The Grudge. Oh, okay. And that's another thing. The kanji for Juon is Cursed Resentment. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dark, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so the whole theme I'm trying to make here is Japanese horror is kind of messed up. It's very dark. And a lot of Westerners do consider it to be very creepy, hence why these stories were brought over to a Western audience and remade, because they're considered so good. So, Yeah, anyway. I just Googled it. Here's the, the first things that come up. The Grudge, One Missed Call, Apartment 1303, mm-hmm. The Ring, Pulse, Dark Water, Mirrors, um, The Eye. Yeah. Huh. The cover art for the Japanese ones look a lot scarier. <laughs> They're very dark, aren't they? Like very high uh-huh. contrast. Uh-huh. Or like mm. something just like a extreme close-up of something you don't want to be looking at. Exactly. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's it's very subtle. I mean, not not in this case, <laughs> or at least in their pictures. But maybe these are the American pictures. But anyway, go on. Yeah, it, it's it's not very loud and boisterous compared to what uh, a lot of American style horror is. It's not like loud and dangerous. It's not uh, adrenaline pumping. It's 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 kind of like I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It's just <laughs> okay. it's just different. But whatever. All right. So another thing about that is summer is considered the season of ghosts in Japan. October's not as spooky? No. October over here is considered like a westernized thing. Like, yeah, Halloween's a thing over here, but that came from the West. Traditionally, summer is the season of ghosts. So during the summer, you'll see a lot of ghost-themed stuff come out, like media, movies, games. It's, It's very similar to how Westerners see october as the spooky season weird i just i can't my mind doesn't want to accept that yeah (laughs) i think part of what makes october so great is the climate like physically the Mm -hmm. cold and wet and dreary blends well to that summer does not summer it's still you're trying to watch a scary movie it's still light outside Yeah, exactly. I I know what you're. Uh, I know what you're thinking. We're we're just so accustomed to October being the spooky time to to fall being the spooky time, right? But uh, in Japan, it gets so humid over here, and it gets so like unbearably hot that it's almost miserable, and that kind of plays a little <laughs> bit into the um whole ghost thing. Yes, it's it's immersive misery. It's immersive misery. I like that. <laughs> So that's kind of a, a a very nutshell version of what Japanese horror is. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about Western style horror. How do you think that might differ here? It obviously differs, but let's let's discuss that right now. Okay. Personally, I can't really give examples for the most part because again, I don't watch these movies. Okay. Okay. So let's let's hear what you have to say. What's uh, so different about them? Yeah, absolutely. So. Me doing my research, a lot of Western style horror is not always ghost themed. You yeah. see a lot of like secular type things, like a serial killer on the loose or something, uh-huh. but it doesn't have to be supernatural related, you know? Oh, right. And you also see a lot of gore that that's very common in American horror, not always in Japanese horror. It's mostly like oh, hauntings. Okay. Yeah. For instance, what I'm trying to say is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy with a um, chainsaw. A chainsaw. <laughs> exactly. That's not very Japanese, is it? No. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of a lot of that, of just like people being hunted. Mm-hmm. Man, I hate it. It's not my style either. I like Japanese horror. It's a lot more interesting. The stories are better too. Yeah. It's trying to engage you in the story and not so much just get you hooked by how disturbing it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it really depends on the individual game slash movie, but... Tell me, what are your favorite uh, scary movies? What stuff do you like to watch? I really like the original Grudge, Juon. Okay. Uh, another Japanese movie called Audition, which oh, is... that's... I've heard that is effed up. It's pretty creepy. It's Japanese style. I mean, that's a lady, like, torturing a guy, right? Well, he didn't, yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, I can't handle that. I've heard, that's like on the like top lists of like most disturbing movies. It's pretty creepy. But once again, we see the theme of vengeance. She's yeah. basically getting her revenge. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. <laughs> One time I won a DVD copy of The Ring because I played Jack Sparrow one year. <laughs> <laughs> What, just best costume? Best costume. It, it was either best costume or like most original or something like that, but I won it. <laughs> what else? Any other favorites? I really like The Exorcist. I thought that was a good movie. Very creepy, yeah. but um, definitely good. When that movie came out, it saw like a spike in people going back to Catholic Church. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. And there was, I'm pretty sure there was like priests that would be like waiting outside the movie oh. like, to talk to people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the thing about that movie that makes it so good is like today's standards, it's not 
I guess that creepy. Like, yeah, it is. But when when you take into account the time and it, it was made, mm-hmm. it's it's messed up. Like, I I can't imagine how an audience of that era would have taken that movie, which makes it so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, now that I think about it, I do appreciate older scary movies a lot more. And, and maybe that's because partly because I can see through the special effects and it's like mm-hmm. not as real for me. Yeah. But I think the older movies weren't so much about the gore stuff. It was more psychological. Yeah. Like Poltergeist, the original. I love yeah. that movie. I thought it was really good. And uh, even The Shining is... Ah, Because yeah. it, it's so psychological and just a creepy suspenseful build to it. Yep. So yeah, I've, I think I've enjoyed more old scary movies than, than the moderns. Yeah. Those are definitely good. Aren't they? Now that you bring those two up, I think that's something that Japan never really left. That's something that Japan still kind of does. Well, good. Mm. Cause that's the better stuff. I mean, that's why we take it and remake it over here. Cause they're doing something right. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) One more quick little note that I forgot to mention is Obake is a word in Japanese that means ghost. But when you okay. hear the word obake, it means like ghoulie, like maybe something a little more um, lighthearted. Whereas oh, when you hear okay. about yurei, it's like, oh, that's actually creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. That's funny. Interesting yes. that they have that distinction. Indeed. It's kind of like ghoul versus wraith, that kind of thing. It's <laughs> mm. a good question. Hmm. It's funny. <laughs> Unrelated. I was just thinking about in Halo. I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not. If I have, I apologize. But like all of the Covenant vehicles are named after ghosts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like we got the ghost. We got the Wraith. We got the Banshee. We got the Spectre. Wow. I never realized that. If there's any others. <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> oh, did I say Phantom? The Phantom like is their big dropship. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I don't know why they're all named after Spookies, but they are. That's very interesting. Another thing related to that is all the Rolls-Royce cars are named after ghost names. They are? Yeah. You got like the Phantom, the Ghost, the Wraith. You're just naming Covenant vehicles. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I guess (laughs) Rolls-Royce does the same thing. They're big fans of Halo. Yeah. So if you want to buy a $400,000 car, it's... Yeah, there you go. Or spaceship. Or spaceship. <laughs> um, before we move on to games, I wanted to give Cameron's list of Halloween movies for Halloweenies like me. So I think Halloween is also great because there's a lot of movies that just kind of fit the season that aren't necessarily scary movies, and those are the ones I like. So I'm just going to run through this list real quick. First off, we got Ghostbusters. It's a classic. Uh, the originals were... The, the new one with Paul Rudd in it. It's pretty good. And then Van Helsing, starring Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. Great movie. Kind of goes through all of the general classic monsters of Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, werewolves, and uh, even Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That, that movie's great. Very Halloween-y. Young Frankenstein. Or is that Frankenstein? <laughs> That movie's hilarious. Uh, I have not watched that in a long time. But uh, one that I think needs replaced here, Hocus Pocus, is like, oh, I love Hocus Pocus. It's all nostalgia and 90s. It's like, Hocus Pocus is fine. I think it's overhyped nowadays, and I don't Uh understand it, like, why it has the love it does. I say replace that instead with Stardust. Stardust is a fun fantasy movie starring Charlie Cox, who's uh, Daredevil in the Netflix series. Mm. It's all about his adventure in this other world, but the main villain are these three witch sisters who are trying to kidnap this shooting star, this fallen star, who in this world, fallen stars are humanoid form. Mm. And so he's he's with her, and you know it's, it's a bit of a rom-com, and while trying to stop these witches as well and it has a big cast and it's just it's a very fun movie stop watching hocus pocus watch stardust instead <laughs> okay it's generally generally always on netflix so i'd recommend it moving on we got things like beetlejuice of course 
Casper. I want to watch Casper again. But classic. Lindsay wouldn't let me watch it last year. And it's like, let's watch Casper. It's on Netflix. She's like, no, it's not going to be as good as you remember. It's going to be bad. Just keep it in your keep your memories in your head. And uh, <laughs> I need to watch it. Uh, zombie movies. Even though those are gory, I could I can pretty much watch any zombie movie. But Shaun of the Dead is a classic. <laughs> yes. And then this this one, I think, is a good choice that some people overlook as a good Halloween movie, and that's Clue. Ah, Clue is a great movie. And side note, one of the coolest things about Clue is if you watch it now, you watch it on Netflix. It's got like three different endings. Uh-huh. It's like, yes, that's one way it could have happened, but it could have happened like this, too. And you watch out these three different endings. But when it originally came out in theaters, each theater had a different ending. One of those oh. three different endings. And they did that on purpose to add some of this immersion to the confusion of the movie. Because people would go home and talk about it and they'd be like, what? That's not what I saw. <laughs> and so people are confused because the endings were all different. And I thought that that's awesome. Like, has that ever been done since then? I don't know. That's cool. I like that. How did Mr. Body die? Yeah, I don't know which. I guess canonically, the butler being the killer is the official ending. Mm. Okay. At least it's the third one they show. And I can't remember if they're like, this is how it really happened. Hmm. And then lastly, I'll say Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is a gory movie, but it's also funny. Because the premise is Tucker and Dale, these they're these hillbillies out on just having a cabin trip fishing. But there's also these preppy college kids who are at a cabin. And it's all about uh, misconceptions and misunderstandings. So the college kids see these hillbillies as a, a threat. They're like, they're, they're going to kill us in the woods. But really, they're just these two goofy guys who want to drink and go fish. And <laughs> while they're fishing, one of these girls falls in the water, hits her head, and they save her, but she's knocked out. And so the the college kids see her being dragged out, and they're like, hey, we have your friend! And so they see it all threatening, when really they're just trying to help. And so then the whole movie is these college kids trying to rescue her, in quotes, but just like keep dying brutally on accident, where like one of Tucker or Dale, I don't remember who's who, is like throwing logs into a wood chipper. And one kid tries to sneak up on him with a knife while he bends down to pick up a log. And so he trips over him and goes headfirst into the wood chipper. <laughs> oh, my. So it's definitely, it's gross and has like all the staples of like a, a movie like that. But the way it's told is actually funny instead of disturbing. Mm. And it's good. It's very good. Hmm. All right. But uh, I guess not, probably not for Halloweenies. Okay. Like I said. <laughs> oh, did I say Underworld? I forgot to say Underworld. Oh, I? no, you didn't. Yeah. Go ahead. Underworld. Watch it. I've actually not watched the most recent one. Um, technically the fourth, because there's four mainline movies and the one prequel, which the prequel is just as good. But the third one was like her coming back, like after the movie hadn't been made in like 10 years. And the third one was eh. So I don't know about the fourth one. Oh, Resident Evil movies. Oh, I'm forgetting oh. those two. They're so bad, but they're good. Especially the first three, I think, are the best. Actually, I love them all. I love them all. But anyway. All right, let's talk about games. Or I'm just going to keep having things come to mind. <laughs> all right, man. Let's do it. All right. So there are a lot of really good ones out there. But yep. there are also a lot of really bad ones. Um, I'm yep. going to share some really good ones so that uh, if anyone wants to decide to get themselves scared and ride that adrenaline roller coaster, you can check these out. Uh, the first one that I'm going to recommend is probably the best on the list, and that okay. is Fatal Frame 1 for the PS2. Yeah. This game very perfectly encapsulates the concept of Japanese style horror. And to date, it might be one of the, if not the scariest game I have played. Really? And we're talking about a PS2 game here. So <laughs> I don't really know how they did it, but they did. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a game that is not gory, but it's scary. 
because it deals with the psychological horror, the dark atmosphere, the supernatural, just very subtle details, stuff that is super Japanese. So pretty much this game takes place in a abandoned mansion. And what made this game so scary, a lot of people speculate, is the fact that on the very title screen, it says, based on a true story, even though it probably isn't. It's yeah. <laughs> It's based on folklore, but yeah, you play as someone looking for your brother, this this girl who's uh, searching through this mansion for her brother who went disappear who disappeared there, and you will encounter all these ghosts in this mansion, and in order to fight them, you have to use this very old fashioned camera to take pictures of them, which kind of weakens their soul and defeats them per se. Hmm. So you never get hurt. But your soul gets drained away if one of these ghosts comes in contact with you. Here's where the game gets scary. As you're taking pictures of these ghosts, it goes in first-person mode, right? Mm -hmm. And it is full of jump scares. These ghosts <laughs> will just pop out in front of you with their very scary face. And you have a picture of that right in front of you. And the closer they yeah, get, yeah. the more points you'll get. So you're forced... To deal with them head on. Yes. So you've got all these scary images running right at you the whole game. And it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second um, you decide everything's okay, you turn around and there's just this little kid staring at you. This ghost kid. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so, I don't like it. No. It's, uh, it's pretty scary. But that's a very good way to delve into Japanese-style horror. So, Fatal Frame 1. Wonderful game. I recommend it if you want to be scared. Another one that I grew up with that I absolutely love is Castlevania 64. Is that scary? It is. Before Castlevania got super, I guess, anime-esque and action-filled. Yeah. So is that game a side-scroller, or is it a 3D adventure type game? It's 3D. Okay. But because of the hardware limitations of the N64, it kind of plays into the fact that this game can be a little scarier than you might expect. Uh, so very wide open, very dreary looking environments, but it's also very subtle too because there's a lot of jump scares. So the side-scrolling Castlevania games are very uh, progressive in that there's always something coming at you. With this game, you have to deal with your environments differently. So there will be times when there is no when there are no enemies for a very long period of time. You'll have to just like walk around like a creepy room, and if you walk up to like an old painting, it'll say something like, "It's an old painting." That's sad, you know. Just just something <laughs> weird like that, you know. Okay. Now, my brother, Josh, knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say it's scary. Hi, Josh, by the way. But say hey, you'll turn straight around and there will be like a vampire staring at you, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're forced to deal with your environment in a very kind of slow, progressive way. Mm -hmm. That's what makes Castlevania 64 so creepy. Now, this next one that I'm going to talk about is one that you might be familiar with, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, man. <laughs> one of the most messed up games ever made. Yes. And once again, we have an example of a Japanese-style game, but it's actually American. Did you know mm -hmm. that? Mm. I did. But it's based on Japanese-style novel games. Visual novels. Yeah. Visual novel games. And they are a dime a dozen over here. There are so many. But this is a good example of uh, one that was introduced to America and brought a lot of people into that genre. Yeah, I'm wondering how much we should even spoil about this game. I know it's kind of old now. <laughs> when it came out, like 2018 or actually 2017, I think. Yeah, I, I won't spoil it. But this game is interesting because it's wrapped up in a cute package and Very. it looks adorable. Because well, like it's a, like a, a dating sim type game. Yep, like a dating sim. Where you just listen to stories that or conversations and you write poetry to the the four girls in this game and Yep. Uh, I mean, we got we gotta talk about it. It's it's too old now at this point. <laughs> You've probably seen a YouTube video of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played it. I've just watched people play it online. 
because I heard about it and it's just like, what? What's so strange about this? Because people are saying like, it does something that no game has done before and that it makes you interact with the actual game files on your computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you have to go into the program files and like manipulate certain stuff and delete things that are happening in the game. And I know it just, it starts off with just, you're playing it, oh yeah, happy time. and But then there's these red flags about your childhood friend that you're flirting with. Mm-hmm. And then one morning she's late to go to school with you. And then you go check her house and just find her hanging in her bedroom. And it's like, okay, this is messed up. And so then the game tries to reset itself without her in it. And it's all like glitched out. Cause it's like, oh, this is, this shouldn't be happening in this game. Let's fix that. And it ends up like dropping hints that you can go into the game files and just delete her character from the game. Mm-hmm. And it just gets darker from there. Yeah. Ugh. Just some of the stuff you see, like you, it's so silly because it's just like this cute game and you don't see any of this stuff coming. No. And I remember when it got announced for Switch. I don't know how people didn't know about this game by the time it came out on Switch because it wasn't that long ago. Mm. And it was listed like in the category was psychological horror. Mm. And everyone, like all the comments are like, how on earth is this psychological horror? And I'm just thinking, how on earth have you not heard about this game yet and know exactly what it is? But, wow. So tell, tell me a little bit about your experience with it, because you have played through it probably more than once, I'm guessing. Uh, yes, I have played through it more, more than once, because if you do, in certain ways, you get special rewards. Uh, okay. But- when I played the game, it was before all the hype. It was before I watched any spoiler videos or any playthroughs. And I kind of went in somewhat blind. I knew that it was going to be creepy at some point, but I didn't know what was going to happen in the story. So what makes this game really creepy, and believe me, you feel it, is that file <laughs> manipulation. It gives you the illusion that these characters are messing with your computer and that they're like, actually like sentient if conscious you yeah conscious <laughs> yeah so when you go in and delete those files and you see that the effect has been made in the game it's it's creepy like you know because it's a game nothing bad's gonna happen but it makes you feel it in the time i've never had to play mm-hmm. a game where i had to go in my in the game files and actually change stuff so there are a lot of things that you don't expect of course a lot of plot points that you get blindsided with which do affect you it's it's hard and every time you play through the game depending on how you make your choices different things are going to happen but ultimately if you play through enough times and basically play through to help everyone or or try to try to actively help everyone in the game it recognizes that and it rewards you with a big thank you from the developers Mm. um so there's a big Easter egg there if anyone feels like their uh, efforts are not <laughs> going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it feels really weird to play a game like that. And it does exactly what it's supposed to. It's psychological yeah. horror. And just so wonderfully unique because it can't be replicated. No. Pretty much. Like, that's something that can't happen again. Absolutely not. You do see games like this in Japan. You see a lot of cutesy dating sims and you see a lot of really creepy ones, but you don't see one that... So perfectly combines them. Yes, exactly. It's really cool. If you want to be creeped out, just watch some some Let's Plays of it. MatPat has a good Let's Play of, you know, from the game theorists. Or just play it yourself. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> endings <laughs> that you probably won't see in a um, uh, Let's Play video. I don't play it myself. But it's so good. <laughs> how, how long would you say one playthrough takes? It depends on how fast you can read. Yeah, that's true. It's not nearly as long as like a typical visual novel. You can probably finish it in like a day. Yeah. So uh, that, that's kind of a, an indie game, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So that's more of what my experience is with is the indie games because they are more, I guess, like memed, but not in like a funny way. They're just... <laughs> You know, they're more talked about. So that's been my experience with it. So one game I wanted to bring up was Slenderman, the eight pages. So 
Slender Man is a very interesting character. A tall figure in a suit with long arms and just a blank white face with no features. And then sometimes seen with like tentacles coming out of his back. And this all began where there's this website called Something Awful back in 2009 and they basically started a contest of like let's come up with a new modern myth and basically this community just kind of crafted Slenderman they started editing pictures and like uploading pictures of Slenderman in the background of people's parties and, and pictures and things like that and it was creepy and it just kind of snowballed from there eventually this game came out in 2012 I believe super bare bones just called Slenderman in the Eight Pages, where you are just walking through the woods in the dark. All you have is a flashlight, and I believe the flashlight gets dimmer, too. So you're looking for... bat. Are there batteries in it? Have you played this? I have. Are there batteries? Like- I don't remember batteries, but as he gets closer, the, the whole screen starts to fuzz out. Yeah, so I guess you're playing through a camera... Or maybe it's just a representation of your sanity. Hmm. But you're just walking through these woods very slowly, looking for these eight pieces of paper, the eight pages. And they're randomly distributed throughout the level every time you play. Sometimes they're on a tree. Sometimes they're on the side of a truck. There's like this little rest stop hidden in the middle. And that's the scariest. Going into that rest stop. It's like, oh my gosh, I hope I go in there first because the longer you play, the more likely he is to show up. Yeah. And he doesn't even like move. He's not even animated. He just shows up like right in front of your screen or you'll turn around and he's right there and you hear these footsteps getting louder or as you get closer, your screen gets fuzzier Uh or sometimes he just appears right in front of you. And it's just that build, that that slow build of like, I'm being stalked, I don't know where, and then all of a sudden he shows up. So I played this because of all this hype. It's like, all right, I got to try this. And it was free to install and any computer would run it. So, man, I, I think I gave it like two tries. And the second try... I was doing all right, had like four or five pages, but he appeared right in front of me and I just, I literally was like, ah, and jumped up out of my chair and I just, I could not play it anymore. It's like, I can't go through that again. Just that, that slow build is terrifying and it's so cheaply made, Hmm. but that's, you know, that's what good horror is, Mm is how does it make you feel? Not necessarily what does it present to you and... Slenderman is uh, not as popular anymore. Some real world things happened related to him and kids like actually worshiping him. And uh, that's messed up. Mm. But the game itself, very unique. And I liked it. You know, I think that game almost spawned a trend of that stalker type game where like some kind of a sprite or model was stalking you throughout a level. After that game, I saw a lot more of those type games. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So one more indie game I'll talk about, which is not really indie anymore. It's huge. And that's Five Nights at Freddy's. FNAF. This FNAF has gotten ridiculous. And so much of it is like directly because of game theory, where he's just like, oh, the first game, the first game is nothing. But then he starts building upon all this weird lore and letting the theories kind of craft this game. And there's a ton of them now. There's so many of these FNAF games and books and interesting theories and very, very deep lore that just seems unending. He says he's done. He comes out with another and so on. It just keeps going. But the first one was so unique in that it was you are the security guard in a... Fazbear's Pizzeria, Pizzeria, which is essentially a Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) And at night, the animatronics come to life. And nothing really happens. Like, all you do, you sit in this security booth and you check cameras. And you basically are just trying to shut the doors before they get to you. And then open them once you think they're gone. Because for some reason, shutting doors drains power. 
which doesn't make any sense. So if you run out of power from shutting your doors too much or turning lights on and off, uh, the doors open up and they get you. And all it is is jump scares. That's it. Mm. It's just if they get to you, they just jump at your screen. I guess it's just the... Un, what's what's the word I want? Unsettlingness of of the fact that these robotronics are are stalking you. Mm. Because I guess as kids we always thought the Chuck E. Cheese robots were a little uh, uncanny, <laughs> and so this is just playing on that nostalgic fear, I guess. Mm. And that game accomplishes all of that emotion without authentic 3D graphics. Like it's all yeah. just um, screenshots, basically. The yeah. only animated <laughs> thing is the fan. On yeah, the, the desk. fan, and you see Foxy running through the hallway. Oh yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you're just you're flipping through the camera, and you just see that they've they've moved, and then you go to a different spot, and you find them in a room just staring at the camera, and it's like, okay, that's that's really creepy. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. It's it's suspense. You cannot relax at all because you're always on edge of when one of the animatronics is going to be charging through the door to get you. So it's it's a good system actually. Mhm. Mm, it really scary. is. Did you play any more than the first one? Nope. Yeah, all I've played is the first one. Mm. Yeah, but I heard plenty about it from my students cuz I was a teacher back in the states when that game was super popular. I still see kids walking around with those books. Really? Mhm. Wow. Okay, so it's still big. <laughs> Good scary game. I'm not going to talk about it. Is The Last of Us, but we've talked about yeah. that plenty. Yeah, that game does have some scariness, really, because it's just a you know it's playing off zombie tropes. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. So no, they're not zombies, but yeah, they're zombies. Yep. It's it's a zombie apocalypse game with a beautifully wonderful story. Yeah. I also have Dead Rising, going off the theme of zombies. Are those games scary? It's parts of it are scary. Um, what makes that game scary is the encroaching feeling. If you play it on a higher difficulty, especially when the lights go out, when the mall closes, quote unquote, sure. it gets a little creepy because you have to survive in a shopping mall full of zombies. And sometimes yeah. you don't have the proper equipment or health items to get you through and they will encroach you. It can be scary. Oh, zombies. Zombies in malls. That's <laughs> such a common trope, isn't it? It's very trite these days. Oh, I also have this game, Siren. It's another Japanese-style horror game. It was a lot more popular here than it was in the States, but it's still worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. It basically is a survival game about just a bunch of normal people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time near this village of uh, people that they call shibito, which means dead people. And they're basically zombies. And because of this ancient ritual, again, with the supernatural, that happened a long time ago, all of a sudden everything goes crazy and the zombies come to life and these people have to escape the village. And it's Hmm. nighttime, it's dark. But the big thing with this game was something called, I think, mind jacking, where you could basically see through the eyes of people around you, whether they be the zombies or other people. So you could find the walking paths of the zombies so that you could avoid them. Oh. Yeah. What was was this on? Uh, This was on the PS2. Oh, okay. Mm. It didn't really get that good of reviews in the States because it's very Japanese and it was primarily aimed towards the Japanese market. But if you play it and you give it the time of day, it's actually a really good game. So Cool. I will give an honorable mention to a game called Jewel on the Grudge, which came out on the Wii. (laughs) Oh, the Wii. So what was that? It was marketed as a haunted house simulator, but it got terrible reviews. But it was actually a decent game. It was um, co-made by the original director of Jewel on the Grudge, the Japanese one. Oh, wow. But he's a film director and it's a video game. So people didn't really um, 
it didn't quite translate. No, it didn't quite translate. And it, most people thought it was just full of jump scares, which it is. It's still a decent game. If, if you ever get the chance to play it, I enjoyed it. I will not, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my primary list of scary games that I would recommend. Well, thank you. I think, Jake, that that is a good place to end the episode. We talked about some good scary movies and for some Halloweenies and <laughs> some scary games, which off, obviously we are uh, leaving a lot out. First, some things that come to mind that I've played a little but was too scared, uh, the Fear games, mm. just literally called Fear, Silent Hills, and actually here soon a remake of Dead Space is coming out, and I think I might give that a try. Hmm. So who knows? Uh, actually, not positive when that comes out, but a lot of our experience is in Resident Evil, which will be coming to you next week as we dive into Resident Evil 8 Village. I'm very excited uh, and excited to be playing it more this week as we get into the spooky season. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, my name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And as always, as I forget to say, email us, regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Instagram. And that's it. So have an awesome, spoopy week. Minasan, sayonara.